be the day Tool stays back on for you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you're listening to. I don't believe that anybody has the answers yet about their tools. My feet, the word is on the street, animation is what's on today. I'm sure you have opinions from before, but there's always something more to say. I don't believe that anybody feels the way we do about tech tools. That's probably not true at all, but we'll go with it. (laughs) (laughs) That was Chris on the guitar. We found one in the studio. It's like you never know what you find in the IBM Design Studio. Yeah, sometimes you find a guitar, sometimes you find a... It was like a little Easter egg. Ukulele. Look at that. It was yeah, just Easter last because weekend. Because it was just Easter. <laughs> Hooray! Welcome Happy to Easter. <laughs> yeah. Neither of us not... celebrate. I do. You do? Yeah. Okay, then. Well. Ha- <laughs> Happy Easter, Chris. Uh, um, anyways. Back to the show. Welcome to Tools Day, a podcast about tech tools, tips, and tricks on Tuesdays at 2. I'm your co-host, Yuna. And I'm Chris. And today we are talking about CSS animations. animations. Now, we know this isn't technically a tool. Per se. But it is a topic that is really relevant to a lot of our listeners out there. Yeah, especially with motion design and just animation design in general being such an important part of today's web apps. um, Knowing how to create animations that make sense and benefit your users without troubling them, I yeah. guess. Uh, and I like to, to say, not even, it's just not animations, it's interactions. That's like right. the whole yep. point of why you create these animations. Like there's purpose, there's grabbing the attention of your users, there's having them better understand the user interface, that something is flowing into another um, action, like they could visually see right. that continuity. It helps with their cognitive load. There's a lot of really great research about cognitive load and mental capacity and the ability for a user to, like, you know, finish a task, which is kind of important, you know? Um, So CSS is sort of like the most accessible way to make these small animations and transitions as well. Right, yeah. Honestly, my experience is mostly with CSS transitions and using the keyframe syntax to generate these kind of simplistic, not simplistic, yeah, it's simplistic, um, small things that help the user flow along the way. Yeah. Um, So sort of um, making a little differentiation between animations and transitions. Right. Sorry, Chris. Go I ahead. hate to do this to you. Oh, God. Oh. Um, so keyframes, oh, when you use the at keyframe syntax, okay. it means that you're, you're writing the animation. Like, you're basically writing a little bit of um, a script, right? right? That's what you're saying. Like, this is, create this animation. Kind of like, does anybody remember Microworlds? Micro little turtle? Worlds? Yes. I have no idea. Oh my what gosh, this about. is like how I learned how to program this. Okay, so wait, wait. micro micro worlds. Okay. It is this program with this tiny little turtle and like stamp okay. tools and everything, and you can program like pen down, hmm. um, move this amount. Like you can make tessellations, like really beautiful, um, just geometric things. But they had this in schools when I was in kindergarten. And it was very, must very. Must have went to some nice kindergarten. No, no, there. no. This is like crappy, like old MacBook. Like not MacBook. I'm like old, like blue and orange. Next. Yeah, like the the older ones. And maybe it wasn't kindergarten. Maybe it was like second, third I was, grade. Like, I remember those computer labs being very impressed by them when I was in fifth grade. I remember I was typing with like one finger at a time because I don't know how to type yet. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. But um, yeah. So it's sort of the same thing. Like you're writing a direction. You're right. writing a command. Okay. Um, and then there's transitions, which you can use hover states, you can use focus. Like anytime right. you're interacting with an element, right. you can just transition any of its properties. Right. Now, there is this whole 
like well-known fact about how to write anim- like performance transitions animations, right. and um, that is by using only two properties: the transform yeah. and opacity. Opacity, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's a great site called. Uh, oh my gosh, what is it called? Do you know what I'm talking about with like the different like purple, light purple, green dots that represent like paint composite and um, I've seen a Paul you, Irish demo about this. Yes, uh, it's, is it that one? It, well, uh, oh man, Paul Lewis made the site. Oh, I totally can't remember it, but it, it's a full list of CSS properties. Okay, and how much rendering power they take up. Right, and so transforms and opacity take up the least amount. All right. you're doing is like rebuilding the composite instead of right. all of the other things as well. Um, if you're on oh, Chrome, I remember. Chrome has a great um, tooling for this inside the web developer tools, you can actually trigger this option that um, puts a kind of translucent box over the different layers on your page. And so you can see which uh, which elements are requiring a whole new render or which are just being rendered by the GPU and all these really nice things to make performant animations. Yeah, you can just turn on like, um, show paint rectangles first right, of all. Right, that's the one. Uh, there's that and there's also a whole, um, it was like show FPS meter. Right. So it's frames per second meter. You can turn it on in your console and then the top upper right hand corner is like a little black box that shows you as right. you scroll and as you move what your frames per second are. The site is called CSS Triggers, Ooh. by the way. Oh, and it just got a remake. This Ooh. is interesting. I have actually never seen the site before. This is so helpful. So I... It's very material designing. I'm going to explain it. Um, there are all the different CSS properties. So say I want to animate outline, um, outline color as an example. So what's happening is you have to create a layout operation. You have to repaint your pixels and you have to recomposite them together. Oh, wait. So this is probably, I have seen this, but yeah, it, was, it looks it much looked different. It looks way different. Okay, this is, all right. This is completely redesigned. <laughs> um, this is pretty cool. So it, it shows you all that stuff, and that's why when you do transforms, it's like the least amount of things are changing um, on here. So all that's changing is the final composite. Ooh. Yeah, so those are just good things to know. CSSTriggers.com, very helpful resource. Also with transforms, transforms I think is the one, of, one of the properties that enables the GPU to do the, to do the calculations, right? And so you have yeah. uh, that trick where people would do this translate Z on any item to kind of give it a fake three-dimensional property and then thereby enable the GPU to do the calculations. Um, there was a kind of a trade-off because of, that requires the GPU to do stuff, and so for mobile phones, for example, if you enable every property to be Translate Z, you're now draining battery life, um, but it was kind of a workaround to deal with the fact that um, not every uh, element is, you know, compiled by the graphics card. Yeah, um, so now what CSS is looking to do is have a property that's not hacking like right. that. Um, it's called will change. Will change, okay. Yeah. And will change is sort of telling the browser okay. that prepare for a change, like prepare for this like this element to visually look different or have JavaScript applied to it. Interesting. Um, yeah, so that's sort of what the fix is for this null z-index hack. Is uh, this part of that Z transform hack? Part sorry. of this Houdini spec thing? I just saw an article pop out. Wow, funny you mentioned Houdini. No. Um, Houdini is really cool. Okay. It's basically just a way for um, developers to have access to their browser's API in terms right. of styling. Okay. And so it's. But unrelated. Yeah, well, it's kind of related. So Houdini is like the next level of how we're going to make changes in CSS. Right. It's very open, it's all on GitHub. Yeah. So you can just subscribe to the email threads. Um, I thought it was on the Google Chrome's GitHub. 
profile, the demos or something? Well, everyone who's a person that is changing the way we write CSS in the future or is involved in that conversation right. is involved in the Houdini conversation. Right. Um, that's like the place to discuss. Right. Um, so there's W3 style and then there's Houdini, and that's a part of the W3C okay. as well. Okay. So that's like the Houdini task force, <laughs> and then there's the regular um, W3C style that's still like, I don't know, they're they're similar and different. Um, Houdini is like the forward-thinking approach to how developers have more access to right. um, the behind the scenes of the browser, right? In a way, for CSS, because we all need more complexity in our lives, right? Uh, you know, I I look at front-end development as it is today versus how it was four years ago. It's so much more complicated now. Yeah. And it will only get more complicated, I That's feel. why we have a show. I don't think we could have so much content for the show if we did it four <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Um, there's we'd be, no We'd way. be like, hey, so there's this HTML element and right. some CSS. It's like HTML5, new elements, ARIA roles, like microdata, microformats. Oh, we should do a uh, show about those. Microformats? Yeah. It's all the SEO stuff, all that fun goodies. Um, but so the, the biggest change on this site, CSS triggers, is that you now have Blink, Gecko, WebKit, and Edge HTML, they all render things differently. Okay. So it shows you how they render um, independently. So background size, for instance, on WebKit, it does repaint, but it does not have to repaint um, on uh, Blink. That's it. Oh, no, we uh, reapply the layout is what I meant. Right. Um, so that's kind of cool. Not surprised. That. Blink's rendering engine is so amazing compared to... WebKit now. Yeah, is and this is sort of the evidence of that. Yeah. So um, big props to CSS triggers in re like defining their site. <laughs> it looks good. All right, so that's sort of like transitions. Okay. These are transitioning the properties, but you can transition multiple properties right. in a set script right. if you use CSS animations. Okay. And this is the keyframe syntax. Right. Um, so let's sort of talk about some of the different parts of CSS animations and their properties. Okay. So we have the animation name, right. which is what you're setting the keyframes to. So at keyframes okay. name, like it could be anything. And then you're um, using that name when you're setting your definitions. There's name, there's animation duration, there's delay, um, iteration count, there is um, animation direction, so it could be reverse, That's forwards, right. um, there's alternate. Right. So There's also one that uh, you can decide wh where it ends, right? I remember when I was trying to do something a while ago, um, it was a pretty poor browser support. Um, What's this called? Oh my goodness. I Maybe it's the animation like duration, because then you could mm. say how long you want the whole thing to run. I don't remember anymore. There's, okay. there's yeah. another property that we'll talk about yeah. in a second. It's called steps. Right. But um, so. The iteration count, you could say infinite, you could say like four times, two times. Right. That might be what you're yeah. talking about. And then there's the um, animation, oh, what's it called? Like the easing curves. That animation cubic. timing function. That's it. Uh, fun fact about timing functions is that um, in the Chrome DevTools now, you can actually play with that timing function oh, with the yeah. Bezier curve. It's oh, so nice. It's so nice. My gosh. Uh, okay, so Chrome DevTools has really upped their animation game when right. it comes to like playing with it, stopping it, pausing your animation, right. speeding it down, like speeding it up, slowing it down. In fact, right now in Canary, they just released this thing where you can actually see every frame of your animation and take a snapshot of it and then share it around so you can you know see how exactly your element looks throughout all these animations. Uh, so if you're trying to dev 
you know, what's going wrong, what's, what's going right. It's super easy yeah. now in Chrome Canary. Um, yeah, um, you get like these little curve tools right. of all the different properties, and it breaks up your animation between all the properties that you're changing. Right. And you can just um, sort of twirl up and down right. that um, grid. This is now a Chrome DevTools talk. Yeah. <laughs> about, about animation. It, it always turns into Chrome <laughs> DevTools talk. Uh, I don't know how that happens. It's just Listen, so good. We promise that we're going to do shows about other dev tools. Yeah, uh, eventually we'll do one about Firefox. And Edge. And Edge. We just need some help. So if you, you work on those teams, like holler at your boy and girl about what's cool about them. Why would we use <laughs> we Firefox like Chrome, instead of Chrome? We like Chrome. We use it, and it's fine. Uh, I think most people do. So y'all have great animation tools now. Thank you. <laughs> they're, so, they're pretty robust, though. I don't know yeah. if I've ever actually used them like in production for the purposes of animating. I haven't really needed to. Um, I've done it when I was trying to play with how I wanted this the timing function to work out. And so I was like, uh, how do I, you know, how fast do I want to go, how slow do I want it to go? And, you know, I, I used to use this site called cubic-bezier.com, I think. Yeah, cubic-bezier.com. Yeah, and so I could just do, I would do it there. Um, but now I can just do it inside the browser itself, inside the DevTools, and so I don't actually go to that site anymore. Oh, um, cool. So that's why, that's, that's where it's useful for me. Yeah. Um, so Cubic Bezier is sort of um, one of the options. So there's ease in, oh, right, ease right. out, ease in dash ease out. Um, but they're all at its at their core Cubic Bezier curves. Yes. Ease in and out. Are just, just linear. That's right. That's the base one if you don't set it. Right. And that sort of describes how your your element is going through the motions right. and what speed it's it's affecting um, each bit of the change, the right. transition change. Right. So if you say ease in. And then out, ease in, out, for example, it goes. Woo! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> goes really fast, it ramps up fast, yeah. and then slows down. Woo! Um, and then, you know, you can actually go negative cur- negative in this. Um, Which makes it bounce. Like, it kind of goes backwards and then forward. Yeah, exactly. Um, again, all very useful, all very easy to do when you have a tool playing with it. Um, I have the hardest time actually. Visualizing you can't the, think ma- in the math numbers. No, I can't do it. I'm it's a box. Like, basically, like, like intellectually, I know that. No, but honestly, I'm like, I'm I need like, the tool I can't as well. Do it. I'm just being facetious. Um, I used to work here at IBM on, when I was on Watson with Ryan Brownhill, and he is a fantastic visual designer who right. does a lot of animation. And um, we spent a while like figuring out how to do the Watson logo animation for like all the loading stuff. Okay. And um, we dove in a lot with Smile, particularly because. What's Smile? Oh, okay. So Smile, S-M-I-L. Oh, S-M-I-L. Okay. Yeah. So that is the um, the uh, animation page. syntax that is basically comes with like XML. So it works for SVG. I didn't realize it was pronounced Smile. I, I don't know I how it's like pronounced, pronounced, but I call I it Smile. I pronounced it like Samily. That's compl- something completely different. Oh. I, um, anyway, Smile is getting deprecated in Blink at some point. Once, piece. once the Web Animation API catches up, so I'm not saying that you should use it, but there are so many great things about Smile. Right. Um, you can chain transitions, so like when one animation ends, you can start another one. Right. These are things that you can't really do in CSS animation. Um, so it's kind of weird if you're like wanting to have multiple transforms. So like if you're waving your right hand and moving it up and down at the same time, you right. can't, like that won't work. Right. But um, it will work in Smile, right, and it will work in other animation libraries if you're yeah. using JavaScript. Yeah, so I've used um, both D3 and GreenSock to animate SVGs before, and so I was recently doing this actually when I was trying to animate um, a play button to a pause button, and they're both SVGs, and so I wanted to morph the play path to the pause path. 
Um, and I don't know how to do this natively. Maybe SMIL has a API for that. Yeah. But with GreenSock, it's super simple. Um, it's literally one API, one method call. You just say, hey, do this and then that. Um, you have to set up your SVG properly to have both of the shapes inside of it. So you have two basically two paths inside of this grouping, right? Or two groups with the path itself, and then tell it to morph between the two. Yeah. And then uh, you get this great SVG animation where the play pause just kind of flows together really nicely. Uh, I think the YouTube play pause animation is something similar. Yeah, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a whole like morphing SVGs right, yeah. thing, and uh, Chris Corey does a really good talk about this. Oh, okay. Um, where he sort of like goes into, you need all the points that you need right. for the whole thing, right. and then you can figure out how to move them. All right. Yeah. Green Sox thing with this is that it, um, you know I think in D3 they have to have the same amount of points for it to work. With Green Sock, it just does it anyways. Um, so there's less restrictions or requirements around the SVG morphing. Yeah. Um, I don't know about morphing, but there are a lot of things you can do with like different interactions, like clicking, pausing, right. playing with smile, um, smell, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I really liked uh, that it was all encapsulated in one singular SVG. You don't right. have to have dependent JavaScript files right. outside of your yeah. SVG. It does feel kind of weird to rely on a library to do this kind of thing. Right, and that's where the future of where the web's going, so I'm not too happy about it, but what can you do? What can you do? Um, one thing that I did learn, like sort of figured out with Ryan, is this cool trick for like Bezier curves if you have like a longer animation. Right. Um, so you only really get from point A to B. You can't really go like up and down and up and down. You can't change the curve. You can't have a sine curve, for instance. Right. You can only have one curve from zero, zero to one, one. Okay. On um, the graph. Yeah. Bottom left, top right. Exactly. Okay. Um, but we figured out that you can change the animation timing function within your animation. So inside of your keyframes, you can change that oh, curve. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. so that's how you can sort of fake this unique cubic Bezier curve if you needed to change it throughout the animation. So keyframes have uh, a couple, two different syntaxes for stopping points. Um, you have the one percentage thing. There's also a different syntax. There's right? from and to. Okay, that's there's what it is. There's percentages. Um, I think there's one more. I don't remember. Maybe there isn't. Uh, I feel like there's a, you can zero to one, and yeah, it's the same thing as percentages. I know Maybe. there's step animations, but right. I'm not sure if any of this really matters. We'll get into that um, in a second. Um, go on. No, yeah, uh, I know when I was first doing uh, keyframes and the, the whole syntax, I kept on messing up that. Um, different steps actually uh, the syntax for that so at this point I just use percentages because it's the, it's the simplest thing in my brain I do that uh, unless I have only like from and to and right, then if, yeah. if I have something that's repeating so like alternating right. I will just do from Zero. to okay. alternate okay I recently Wait, my, what's alternate alternate is the animation direction okay um, yeah I think it's yeah, animation direction, that's exactly the name of it. I had to double check. Um, but there's a shorthand where I'm just like, three seconds, name of animation, right. alternate, infinite. Do you tend to use the animation, um, CSS animation shorthand? I usually always use a shorthand. Okay, why? It's just so much easier, and I'm very used to writing with it. I like okay. things in one line of code. But when I was doing a animation last night, I had to use all the different properties individually. Right. Because um, I was making this animation where 
I had 36 squares, and they all moved with a right. different delay. It looks super cool, by the way. It's on Yuna's CodePen. Uh, so go to codepen.io slash Yuna. Yeah, it's somewhere yeah. on there. Um, so I was hanging out with Allison House, and she's an amazing graphic designer and did like a bunch of really cool geometric sort of like gradient things. And um, I was looking at her work, and I was like, yo, why don't we make that in CSS? And then I like just did, because like once you know the animation's next, it's pretty right. easy to do. Yeah. Um, but I had to separate all of the different properties so that okay. I could apply unique properties to every single box through a SAS like Mixin right. when I built them out okay. instead of like independently. Right. And well, it wasn't really Mixin. It was a for loop that called a Mixin. And so I didn't have to do much writing. I still writing. think it's wild that you can do these great logic loops within Styling. Oh my it's gosh, great. she can it's do wonderful. so many. Like, Anna Tudor does all these incredible geometric, um, like, animated boxes and, like, tetrahedrons, and it's very mathematical. There are a lot of mathematical functions that you can use in SAS. It's, like, mind blowing. And, um, this is for the, all the people who say styling is just a markup, not code. Oh, there's I, I no, think, there's so much. I think <laughs> you can do so much more in SAS, and it's, it's like, very much could. a medium for, yeah art in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, you Gregor, just made a tic-tac-toe in, in pure CSS. Yeah, I did tic-tac-toe. I did like a target practice thing. <laughs> you can write games in CSS. Um, Gregor Adams did um, all of these fractals in CSS. Okay, wow. And it was really, really, really cool. So, you know, it's the, it's all out there. You can, you can play and explore. I, it's not I, all JavaScript, yes. guys, basically. Uh, I feel like my best JavaScript skill is the ability to realize when I don't need to use JavaScript. Right, which is also very important, too, because JavaScript is heavy. It's additional you know, dependency. Uh, dependency and, you know, um, running JavaScript takes time. Um, so, so does rendering CSS, but it's a bit yeah. quicker, right? So um, I think it's, it's great to be able to offload these things into CSS. Yeah. Um, we're going to link to some of these articles and some of these people in the show notes. I definitely want to link out to some of Ryan's uh, blog posts about the topic because right. they're pretty pretty good. Um, miss you. <laughs> Hope you're having fun in California. I never knew you. Uh, okay. He was great. He was great. We are running up to our t- past our 20-minute mark. Okay. Uh, so if you had one thing to tell the CSS animators of the world, what would you say? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> I would say just explore and have fun and um, see what you can do in CSS animations. Yeah. Pay attention to easing curves. Easing curves are super important. Never have things just be linear because nothing in nature moves linearly. Right. Uh, and for me, I think uh, what was really helpful for me was to go on CodePen and just, just like, press explore or discover yeah. whatever, whatever the tab is now and just look through all these animations that people like you know have, have built and it's such a great source of inspiration to see how other people are making these great animations purely in CSS with some JavaScript um, and really can show you what all the web can do uh, inside this animation stuff. So Yeah, you can definitely dissect things that way. Um, you Also, I think it's important to realize that animations, like, I know I'm just like, oh, LOL, have fun. No, animations are really important for right. um, like user interaction and right. just psychological... Okay, that sounds like so like hoity-toity. Hoity-toity. Your user will have an easier time with your product if you include transitions to animations. And it's been researched and studied, and um, maybe we'll link to some of those in this as well. So they're not just like it's just for not, art. It's not just pretty things. It, it has a definite impact yeah. on a user's experience using your app, basically. That's why there's so many tools to help provide um, like animation support right? and those sorts of things. Think about your user's... like accessibility needs as well 
don't have a billion animations on there. Yes. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> be practical. Have fun. <laughs> do good jobs, but don't be crazy because there's a performance yeah. hit always. But there are stuff. weekends for the fun stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We didn't really get to talk about step animations, but that's another thing you can do. You can just... Um, do individual like stopping points at each right. little mark. For example, a ticking clock yeah. could use a step animation. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, there's a couple of different use cases for that. So we'll just include some links and um, yeah, we'll leave that to you. We'll do some homework. If you enjoyed the show, feel free to rate us. And or read, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> write a review. Write a review. <laughs> we love those. Good reviews, nice reviews. Um, follow us on Twitter at Toolsday, T-O-O-L-S-D-A-Y. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>